Hello everyone, welcome to Building Character, our new episodic series where we talk about tabletop games and building characters in various games. With me is... I'm Kayla! And, uh, let's pretend to be wizards this time. talk about like being a wizard let's talk about magic magic in, in dungeons and dragons specifically you're right it's really easy to like play a lot of dungeons and dragons and not know where any of the magic comes from because it's very typically not important yeah kind of like how in <laughs> harry potter harry potter does not have a means of figuring out where exactly this magic comes from yeah in the forgotten realms and uh most of the settings use this but there there is a thing called the weave and the weave is where magic comes from Mm -hmm. and wizards learn to manipulate the weave with spells Mm -hmm. um sorcerers have a connection to the weave through their bloodline Mm -hmm. um and bards can manipulate the weave through willpower Mm -hmm. and uh technique Mm -hmm. um and then you have things like clerics that gain their power through divine means and you have warlocks Warlocks who gain their powers through not quite divine means sometimes divine means i mean could be could be through like a divine benefactor almost yeah but yeah it's like it's like a magical sugar daddy yeah exactly that that you sell your soul to yeah exactly a magical sugar daddy you sell your soul to warlocks have magical sugar daddies long story short magical sugar daddies (laughs) but i think we should talk about like the the magic in worlds first so um we played a a long campaign in eberron we did and eberron uh which is on our podcast you'd be able to listen to it uh on our little page yeah have that there for you um so if you are looking at campaign settings, um, there's Faerun, or the Forgotten Realms, which is the mm-hmm. most common. It's what the player's handbook is written for. It's what the Sword Coast Adventurers guide is uh-huh. meant for. Um, Just it about is where... every module um, will be written for Faerun as well. Yeah, some of them are considered, like, setting agnostic, mm-hmm. but they'll still refer to places like Neverwinter. Or, or Waterdeep. Or Waterdeep, or Boulder's Gate. Um, those are... The lo- those are the main cities of Faerun, mm-hmm. with exceptions of Curse of Strahd mm-hmm. and Tomb of Annihilation, maybe? I think. Tales from the Yawning Portal, to a degree. Mm-hmm. They are sort of actually setting agnostic. Even though the Yawning Portal is actually a tavern in Waterdeep. Yeah, but it doesn't have to be. It can yeah. just be a tavern anywhere. Yeah. Um, so, in, in Faerun, magic is actually not super common magical artifacts remnants of magic are all over the place but people doing magic is not actually very common which is odd i think at least just because all adventurers can yeah (laughs) all but like three adventurer classes have access to magic by default in some form or another like rangers will at least have some type of spell that will be able to make their rangering more mm-hmm. accessible yep. or rogue fighter and barbarian have no magic 
Well, unless you decide to take the um, specific subclass. The specific subclass for like rogue, for example, you become um, basically aligned with like the trickery god, kind of sort of. No, uh, they're they're wizards. Oh, Arcane tricksters yeah. are very similar to like wizards. Yeah, wizard thieves. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with Eldritch Knights. They're a little bit like wizard knights. Mm-hmm. And that's for fighters. Yeah, for fighters. And you'll get that at level three. Um, yeah. And so if you have magic from other... If you have magic in any of those classes, they're sort of from weird, bizarre methods. Uh, like there's sort of magical barbarians, but they don't cast spells. Mm-hmm. There's... Um, and I would argue that key is magic that monks yeah. carry. Mm-hmm. Um, but the source of that magic is internal, not external. Yeah, it's like being able to for lack of a better word, align your chakras yeah. in a specific way and use that... Use um, key to boister your abilities. Very hunter-hunter. Yeah. Nin powers. Nin powers. Um, that's kind of interesting in that, like, most adventurers will have magic, but the world itself is not particularly magic. Mm-hmm. And, as far as people go. Yeah. and then It's a very magical world. Yeah, a very magical world where most people... know most normal people who are your NPCs aren't magical, but your villains are most likely magical in some way or another. Yes. Uh, now, that doesn't mean that Faerun is what's, what's referred to as a low magic world. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's low magic and high magic, and Faerun is actually probably somewhere pretty modern, pretty mm-hmm. in the middle. Um, because the world itself is very magical. The creatures of the world are magical. Mm-hmm. Um, magical artifacts and ruins all over the place. Mm-hmm. The weave is, is very prominent mm-hmm. and very uh, powerful. Mm-hmm. And D&D is good at that. D&D is actually good for worlds with lots of magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eberron is another example of uh, one of the, the published campaign settings... Mm-hmm. Um, and it is, it says in the Eberron, in the Wayfinder's Guide to Eberron, it has a phrase, it's wide magic, but not high magic. Mm-hmm. Meaning, spellcasters are actually very, very common. Most of them just aren't very strong. Yeah, so like, you would be able to do like, dancing lights. And that would be like, your specialty. Like, that would be the the, the spell that you know. Yeah, everyone or, knows some cantrips. Yeah, everyone there are some it's most common that people have mage hand yeah mage hand is common prestidigitation is common yeah. stuff like that mm-hmm. um at least how i ran it that's how mm-hmm. i perceived it was mm-hmm. uh people have like everyday useful mm-hmm. like, like magics yeah and like uh even to a point where you had several shops that had like the glimmer weave fabrics that were inherently mm-hmm. magical or the wand shops that had these like single use wands that were able to do specific spells or even booster the spells that you could already use but you had right. to know the spell to have that wand. Yeah, and those are a very popular thing for Eberron specifically, right. but not something common to Faerun. Mm-hmm. Um and Eberron is also known for like enchanting, so that the magic that you see everywhere is also used in like to create technology, mm-hmm. like steampunk esque technology. Like uh, there's a train that runs through Eberron. It's magic. This, um, there's an entire population of warforged people. Yes, which are magical at, which sentient are robots. Sentient robots, which is super duper cool. But you also, I think. You run into people trying to adapt Dungeons and Dragons to anything. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And frankly, there's probably a better game for this. Yeah. Like, um, for example, there were a lot of people that I've seen, like, recently on, like, Twitter and stuff like that because Game of Thrones is really, really popular. Um, and people trying to implement that with, like... Some people that are like, oh, well, you can still... It's like a D&D game. Yeah, you can take it into a D&D game. I don't think that's true. I, I don't, don't think you should. I don't think you should. If you want to do something like that, play Witcher. Yes, there are... Yeah, play the Witcher tabletop better, game. There are better games for dark, low magic settings. Mm -hmm. And I think when it comes to low magic, D&D doesn't work as well. Exactly. Especially if you play a magical class, because mm -hmm. then... You are a weird standout, mm -hmm. more so than you would even be mm -hmm. in the Forgotten Realms. And, uh, for example, um, I've also seen that some uh, DMs will create games where it's illegal to perform magic. Which I can kind of understand, but that doesn't make any sense to me. Why would it, like, outlawing magic that basically renders your character completely useless? And, or, like, if you do end up using that magic for whatever reason, you get thrown into prison or your character dies and you have to make a new character. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it, it sort of punishes characters, it sort of punishes people for choosing characters. Mm -hmm. And... That's not fun. <laughs> I, yeah, and I think if you're going to, if you're going to do a setting like that... Mm -hmm. Make sure the players are aware that that is something. Mm -hmm. And also, don't allow those characters. Yeah. Like, it's something like, if you're in a world where seeing someone perform druidic magic would be wild and bizarre and would shock the world around them, mm -hmm. it makes it really hard for them to want to use their abilities. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, it, it's of no detriment to the rogue. Oh, yeah. The rogue can keep doing rogue things and not even think about it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that can hurt the experience of certain mm -hmm. players, mm -hmm. I feel. Or you end up with a situation where um, clerics are considered divine. They are considered magics in one way or another. And so then it becomes a problem when, you know, half of your team is down, your cleric is still up, and your cleric can't perform your healing spells. Right. Because they're spells. Right. Um, so the, the thought is... Keep, if you're going to keep, if you're going to use D and D, magic needs to be an integral part of the world. Correct. And I think in most cases it should be something a character can be proud of, mm -hmm. not something to be hidden. Mm -hmm. um, they can, I think they can be deceptive about it. Like I think a warlock may not go around announcing their power comes from the devil. Yeah, that but, might be a bit tricky. But they shouldn't be afraid to show their magic mm -hmm. because their magic still looks like anything a wizard would do. Mm -hmm. And I think if you're looking for something low magic, I said, like you said earlier, the Witcher, Witcher tabletop, tabletop game, game, really good for that stuff. Mm -hmm. There's also uh, Powered by Apocalypse games. Mm -hmm. um, Dungeon World could really function well yeah. in that. Because Dungeon World has other features that mm -hmm. around that. Um, uh, and then there's also dark high magic worlds that I think... D&D fits a little better in, and there's also other games of that as well, mm -hmm. uh, such as Spire. Which is like also that. very, very fun. Would highly recommend. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> we love that game. But D&D &D is really, really good at the worlds D&D &D comes with, mm -hmm. for lack of a better analogy. Mm -hmm. it, 
I'm not saying it's impossible to homebrew worlds by any means. Like, definitely yeah. homebrew I your mean, worlds. Um, but I think use the worlds that D&D has already published as skeletons for those. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did play the One Piece campaign using the D&D rules. Mm-hmm. That was something that we did. Yeah. Um, I created the um, the Tiny campaign, which is also on our podcast list. Which is um, based in uh, Which is Faerun, based in, sort Boulder, of. in Boulder's Gate. Uh, but everyone is three inches tall, and I yeah. kind of just, like made it work yeah you use sort of the templates that D comes with mm-hmm. as the skeleton for campaigns mm-hmm. because that way you know that the characters that people are building are actually built for the world exactly um because that can be where it gets wrong like if if you like the rules and mechanics of dungeons and dragons that is not a problem that mm-hmm. is definitely cool i think it, I think for some people, it does have a good mix of math and roleplay. Right. Um, there are plenty of games where that are less math. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to look into them, they are they are out there and they mm-hmm. are prevalent. Um, Skyfarers is probably one of the most fun of the anti-math yeah. ones. Super low math. <laughs> super, super low math. Grant Howitt, Grant Howitt publishes a new RPG every month. That is one page long worth of rules. Oh, and it's so good. They're all so fun. They're all so good. Um, we play them almost on a regular basis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if you like the system that D&D has in place, I would recommend using the tools that they give you. Because mm-hmm. um, they are really good tools. Because it gets really easy for you to lose your players when building this, when building these worlds. Mm-hmm outside of D&D. Right. Um, if you like the D20 mechanic and stuff like that, mm-hmm. you need to find a game that has player characters that fit what you want to do. Right. Um, like, which, there's a lot of people who try to do, like, the D&D-esque build, but with, like, Star Wars and stuff like that, which there's Pathfinder. Or not Pathfinder. Starfinder. But Starfinder. Starfinder. Which is basically the exact same. Except, well, I mean, there, it, there it are functions mild pretty differently, yeah. but it is a D twenty system, same way. Yeah. Um, but there's Star Wars RPGs. There are. Um. But yeah, and uh, I think with that, let's make a character for these high magic D and D worlds. Let's do it. Let's pretend to be a wizard. We're gonna pretend to be wizards. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying building character. Check out our game night episodes, which we post most Mondays, where we play Dungeons and Dragons and several other tabletop games. We play in a small group to show you guys how to start your own game, no matter what your setup is. And I hope you are finding this interesting and maybe somewhat informative, but now we're going to go ahead and start building a character, and uh, I hope this can prove useful for you. And if you want to find more of our content or chat with us online, any, follow us at P2BW1 on Twitter, and uh, thanks for listening. Alright, so let's let's build a wizard. Um, if you didn't see our first episode, go back and listen to that. This is the part of the show where we're going to build a character. Um, and this time we're going to build a magical character. Now, magical characters take a little more homework than martial classes. That is correct. Um, <laughs> even at first level, they take, mm-hmm. a, they take a bit more homework and a bit more understanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's other spellcasters that probably need their own build as well. Mm-hmm. I'd say with this wizard... A lot of the tips you'll take from Wizard can also work for Bard, can work for Druid as well, mm-hmm. um, even though Druid gets a little funky. Mm-hmm. Um, 
can even work for sorcerer, but sorcerers are a bit more complicated. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's for another time. But for now, we're going to build a wizard. Now, wizards are the academics. Uh-huh. They they learned their magic through study uh-huh. and practice. Uh-huh. Um, they weren't born with it. They didn't sell their soul for it. They don't have rituals for it. It is, in they fact, Maybelline. <laughs> Maybe they're born with it. Maybe she's born with it. Maybe it's Asmodeus. <laughs> but it's not. Warlocks. It's, it's, it's a lot of study. <laughs> yeah. So, building, so wizards need really two important stats, intelligence and constitution. Mm-hmm. Um, so we want a race that complements at least one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, finding both of those uh, intelligence con in the player's handbook is a little difficult. Uh and I think the most, the most popular and probably the easiest fit is uh, gnomes. Oh, and that's also another race we have never played, really. A uh, Carter has. Carter has. So, oh, yeah. that's right. That's right. He so, played a gnome in uh, One Piece. Yeah. So gnomes have uh, an abil- have an intelligence increase of two, mm-hmm. um, and rock gnomes have a constitution increase of one. Both of which, very good for wizards. Mm-hmm. Even a forest gnome is still good for a wizard because it increases dexterity, which can give you more armor. Still very good. Um, but I think gnomes are a good choice. Another good choice, and also a very popular race, um, tieflings. Oh, I love tieflings. Tieflings, tieflings are a great race, and they're typically very interesting, um, and usually your gay friends will play them. Yes, because of our, uh, community, or our complicated relationship with the church. Right. Um, and also the, there's a big focus for tieflings on like reclaiming your own sense of self um, despite your uh, origins yep. so you know there's a theme there <laughs> um, but they have an ability score increase of uh, plus one to intelligence and plus two to charisma uh, tieflings make very good almost any caster mm-hmm. as long as it's not a wisdom caster mm-hmm. but they, they make good uh, warlocks, wizards mm-hmm sorcerers bards and then the also great thing about tieflings as well is um if you go into uh further uh books there are um different uh i guess subclasses of tieflings that are really able to make them a very well-rounded character for really Mm -hmm. whatever you want to play tieflings and elves you can pretty much find one for anything Mm -hmm. you can find a tiefling for any class an elf for any class if you look far enough Mm -hmm. um but the base player's handbook tiefling will make a pretty good wizard. But I think we should go with the gnome. I feel. You think so? I think we should go. I think we should go with gnome. Okay. Um, a decent option is dragonborn because dragonborn have high constitution. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. I'm not thinking of dragonborn. I'm thinking of something different. Uh, I think I'm just might just be thinking of dwarf as well because it's just high constitution is mm-hmm. still helpful. Yep. Um. Because with constitution, it allows you to maintain concentration on spells. Mm-hmm. But that's for a different time. So let's take a, let's take a look through uh, what we got with gnomes. Mm-hmm. So um, so we're picking a gnome. Do we want to do a forest, forest gnome, gnome or a rock gnome? A rock gnome or a gnome? A snivelbladder? They're called deep gnomes, and they're in a different book, but I can't remember how to pronounce it. Because it's not a word. It's a bad word. It's not a word. So we got forest gnomes that will increase dexterity. Um, you know minor illusion uh, mm. by default, and you can speak with small beast. 
Oh, that's very druid. That's kind of fun. Um, they have rock gnomes that have increased constitution. Um, and whenever you make an intelligence check related to magic items, alchemical objects, or technological devices, you can double your proficiency. You can also spend some time and make tiny clockwork creatures. Or tiny clockwork things like a clockwork toy, a fire starter, or a music box. I love it so much. Um, Hold on. Yeah, this that's is a really gnome. good flavor. Yeah, rock gnomes, rock gnomes are tinkerers. I love um, that. Horse gnomes are spies, typically. Oh. Um, Tinker spy. Tinker spy. I don't remember um, the first part of that movie. Tinker, ta- Tinker Taylor soldier spy? Yep, that one. <laughs> Alright. Um, also, uh, gnomes have arguably a, a really OP ability in that you have advantage on all intelligence, wisdom, and charisma saving throws against magic. Which is good. That is very strong. Yeah, that seems almost broken. It seems almost broken. Um, I guess it makes for or makes up for in uh, speed. It's it's sort of <laughs> <laughs> well. So I think the mentality is they are an intelligence race, mm-hmm. and wizards are the only intelligence class. Oh. So it's not a particularly common trait that makes to be sense. needed. Yeah. Um, but what do you think? Do you think forest or rock? I don't know. Those both sound really good. Well, I guess we should really consider like what co- what are we going to use our magic for? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's something that's really really important. So like, um, I know that there are certain like druidic spells that you can get as a wizard. Um, that are basically, like, you can kind of pick and choose what you want. So mm-hmm. if you want to do, like, a more naturalistic plant-based, uh, magics, um, then, I mean, that forest gnome almost sounds really good. But, on the other hand, mm-hmm. if you want to get into, like, the, the magical technologies and stuff yeah. like that, that's another, that's really hard choice. So it feels like, it feels like forest gnome would really go really well with, like, um, Illusions and enchanting. Yeah. While rock gnome would go really well with things like uh, transmutation and mm. just conjuration stuff like right. that. Right. You know, I think let's go with a rock gnome. Let's rock look, gnome? let's look at someone who's who's doing transmutation. Okay. Um, which if you watch Critical Role, this is what uh, Caleb is is a transmutation wizard. Yeah, Caleb's a transmutation wizard, but he is a human, not a gnome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. He is transmutation. Yeah, I think so. That one yeah. makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't remember. I haven't watched it in a bit. I... Yeah, I haven't watched it in a bit either. Um, <sighs> so. And we're going to be a wizard. A wizard. Um, so. We're talking about the, the school of wizardry because you get it at level two. So it's something mm-hmm. that, that comes up very quickly. Uh, we had a fighter last time, but fighters don't get their subclass until level three. Mm-hmm. And so you have time to think about that. And right. you'll probably have to be getting into the game before mm-hmm. you realize what you need kind right of stuff. and so i guess let's go ahead and pick a background for this bad boy yes or girl i don't know we made a boy we, last time we can make a a girl no girl or we can make a gender neutral character i don't a know lady no whatever you're up to uh-huh. so what what kind of life did this gnome lead what what did um, she do well if they're a wizard acolyte almost seems really good well is acolyte Acolyte's distinctly religious, isn't, isn't it? it? I think so. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. Okay. Um, but there's another one that's very book-heavy, I think that one's the Sage. Yes, the Sage. Um, 
And this one's always really hard for. I don't want to make um, another artisan. <laughs> yeah. That would fit too, because he could be. Yeah. T- she could be a tinker. Right, but um. Hermit. Hermit might be really good too. Hermit could be good for a wizard. It's always really difficult to kind of pinpoint down um, backgrounds for like spell-heavy casters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because there's so much variety, and almost anything is playable. Yeah. There's variety, and it's interesting because there's there's variety to the caster. But there's not as many backgrounds for magical people. Yeah, that's what I almost feel like. Because you've got like Sage, Hermit, and Acolyte are distinctly magical, mm-hmm. but none of the others really are. Yeah. And so you kind of have to, you kind of have to be creative with your flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sage is Arcana and history. They are. Those are both uh, really s- they good. They study lore, mm-hmm. and so I think that's a good fit. Yeah. Then let's do a Sage. A Sage for this for this lady. Yes. All right. Uh. Yeah, let's do Sage. Sage? I was thinking possibly Urchin, because that's always something that could be handy. Yeah, especially if it's from, like, a... If, if you're Someone playing in, like... Tools. Yeah, or if you're playing in, um, specifically, like, Waterdeep, or... Yeah, an um, urban area. Big urban areas, like Neverwinter. Urchin can be a good one. Yeah. Um, so, are we doing... Yeah, We so, did simple last time for our ability scores. You want to do point by or roll this time? Uh, yeah, let's go ahead and do, let's, we'll do point by this time. We'll okay. talk, we'll talk about point by, because okay. it's, it's a little complicated, but you have more freedom with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and uh, Wizard's a really good one to do silly min-maxi mm-hmm. things. And as a DM, this one is my favorite way to, to, yeah. so that way it allows your players to have as much freedom as they possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoy letting, because... Yeah. Although I do believe that the the dice um, do like does you know roll for your fate kind of thing, um, but whenever you're pl- like making a character that does kind of hinder your creativity yeah. in one in, in a little bit. So, yeah. um, so with point by, I'll explain how point by works. Um, but also, I just really recommend just looking, just finding a calculator. Yeah, there's a there's point by calculators online for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but so. With point by, you have your six stats and you have 27 points. Um, all of your stats start at eight. Mm-hmm. Every time you put a point into a stat, it, you deduct one point. Um, but if you're trying to go from 13 to 14, you deduct two points. If you're trying to go from 14 to 15, you deduct two points. So, the, so if you were to spend all your points like in the highest and the lowest, you'd have three stats at 15 and three stats at eight. Mm-hmm. Um, if you want to be like the absolute highest, absolute lowest. Mm-hmm. Um, which is kind of funny to play. It honestly can be kind of fun to play. Mm-hmm. It is to your detriment sometimes. Right. So if you are if you are playing a game where you're worried about your survival, mm-hmm. don't do that. Don't do that. Give yourself some decks and some con. Although, it'll be it'll be healthy. Although it is super duper hilarious whenever you you know, you roll a natural one on something and um you're uh you know you get like minus two <laughs> yeah you're like oh well i guess uh, um yeah that's a zero that's a zero actually that's, that's a, a negative one that's a modified one how'd you get a modified one don't don't, don't worry, worry about it <laughs> um so yeah so for for gnome gnomish wizard uh you gotta want that intelligence so let's mm-hmm. just let's just kick that intelligence um, so way up let's put would, a we could eat so with ability score modifiers even numbers determine the modifier and the odd number above it um doesn't count for anything right 
So, since we have a plus two modifier to intelligence, mm -hmm. I would almost say just put intelligence at 14 mm -hmm. so that it becomes a 16 after the, mo after the bonuses. Right. And so that way... Because 16 and 17 are the same modifier. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really benefit you to right. put it at 17. Right. Unless you have plans for a feat. Right. But that's, that's different. That's mm -hmm. something to think about much later. Especially since you can't get to an 18 unless you have those modifiers anyways. Right. Um, so a 16 with, with intelligence after modifiers. Mm -hmm. And then constitution we can bump all the way up to a 15. Mm -hmm. And then with that plus one, it'll be a 16 as well. Exactly. So that gives us two 16s to start with, start out with, which is both plus threes. And that's pretty healthy. Mm -hmm. And we have 11 remaining points that we can scatter across the board. Right. So we've already, yeah, so we're already down to 11 points after that. Now, um, I think having a dexterity of 10 at least would be healthy. Mm -hmm. uh, because that would mean that uh, you, don't have a, you don't have a negative to your uh, AC. Mm -hmm. If you have a negative dexterity number, it can reduce your armor class unless you're wearing heavy armor, which wizards are not. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's where we get to our flavor. We have wisdom, charisma, and strength. Mm -hmm. Or we can make them more dexterous. Mm -hmm. Which, if she's a tinkerer, dexterity oh, might make sense. That might make a lot of sense. Okay. Maybe maybe bump it up to a 12. Give okay, it, yeah. Give, give it, it a just, good It's even. a plus one. Yeah. Um, so that gives us seven points. Um, which we can use to boost strength, wisdom, or charisma. Right. Um, we did a low charisma character last time. Mm -hmm. What if... What if... What if do a face character this time yeah like a and what we mean by face character is um kind of not necessarily the leader of the group but definitely the one that um that is able to negotiate very well yeah um someone someone who is someone who is good at talking like yes. just that's just kind of what a face does um mm -hmm. there are certain classes that are very very good at it your um, bards bards and rogues can be very mm -hmm. very good face characters because they get so many skills. And uh, depending um, on what kind of warlock you are. Yes, warlocks are good as well. Mm -hmm. um, but it's really just having some charisma makes you a face character. And if you're proficient in one or two of the charisma proficiencies, mm -hmm. it really makes you helps you be that face. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd say let's, let's take the charisma up. How high can we take charisma? I don't think we need a 15 necessarily. Yeah, but maybe. Can we take it to a 14? 14 we can but that uses up all, all of our points so that does leave us with a negative one in strength and a negative one in wisdom so what can we do with that what kind see this gives me now that i'm thinking about it, this gives me the vibe of uh, uh the divination teacher in mm, harry potter yeah okay real smart real charismatic a little crazy. A little crazy. Maybe, so, a, maybe just a tad bit insane. Yeah, <laughs> um, and also kind of wiry. Yeah. yeah, I think I think we're I think that's a pretty good. That's I think I'm happy with one. that. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of an interesting flavor. Okay. We might we might consider doing divination. Who knows? Yeah. That is a Although, that is a school of wizardry. I am a little worried about our wisdom saving throws, though. Um. Uh, I believe wizards actually get proficiency in that. Okay, well then in that case, then we should be fine. Yeah. Yeah, let me get to the wizard page of my handy dandy 
Uh, yeah, intelligence and wisdom. So we're Perfect. proficient in it already. So we nice. Our saving throw for wisdom will keep increasing as we level up. Awesome. All right. So let's you know. go ahead and get going. What it's do you think? It's still gonna be low at the beginning. Yeah. So we'll yeah. get. So punch that in. Let's go there. Okay. Um, now we do get to select two other skills. Now because of our background, um, which is sage, um, we are already proficient in arcana and history. But now we get to pick two more: either in, uh, insight investigation medicine or religion all right so if we're keeping this tinker idea i think investigations investigation is a might be good yeah um honestly i can never see anything ever going wrong with having uh as much insight as possible yeah and i don't think medicine or religion are a really good fit mm -hmm. i don't think i don't think she's really uh in, interested in healer or religion yeah i think insight's a good one yeah um and that goes that complements the, the face character. Yeah, the charisma mm -hmm. very well. Even if the wisdom's low, mm -hmm. having that insight uh, at a safe point mm -hmm. helps with the persuasion. Mm -hmm. um, even though we don't have proficiency in persuasion, mm -hmm. we do have a plus three in charisma anyway. Mm -hmm. So that's good. All right. Um, oh, oh. <laughs> um, and getting your HP for a wizard, um, we talked about last time. Your starting HP is your highest amount on your hit die plus your constitution modifier. And you're probably going to cry about this for at least a little bit. Your hit die max uh, is going to be six. Yeah. Wizard hit die are a D6. Um, wiz wizards might not get 50 HP until, like, level 10 or so. Oh, Like, they're, they're in a bad way. Um, but at least we got that high constitution. So right. hit points are a nine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because of that She's, constitution. Yeah, she's starting at a nine. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about equipment then. Yeah, so the starting equipment for a wizard. Um, you have the choice of a quarterstaff or a dagger. Um, they're both are really just for show. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're running up and hitting things with a quarterstaff, you're in the wrong profession. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you got fire bolts for that. You got. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, so it's really just the flavor you choose if you're like an I old think... old man quarterstaff. But I think we're we're I think a small we're, gnome. We're a small gnome, so we might need to be a little stabby. A little stabby. A little stabby. Let's give her a dagger. Um, so component pouch and arcane focus, they basically mean and do the same thing, and mm. they're kind of about flavor. Mm. So your component pouch allows you to cast uh, cast spells using the component as the arcane focus. Mm -hmm. um, and what that means is uh, you would have to have the specific things that are necessary for each individual spell. Like, for example, to purify water or to do that spell specifically, it's like um, you have to have, like, a small handful of sand. So, yeah, something like and that. And a, a feather? I don't know. But, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's silly things like that. Well, okay, so message requires a silver wire. Right. And to cast message. Mm -hmm. And your component pouch would have that. Yeah. Um, anything... Any spell that does not have a cost related to the components, mm -hmm. your component pouch already has it by mm -hmm. default. But then you end up with um, some spells like Revivify, which you would have to have a um, 300 gold cost diamond, which you would have to be able to go and buy somewhere. Yeah, or find one, and you would have to spend it to use that yeah. spell. And then um, once that you know once that spell's been cast, that diamond's gone. Right. And so, um, but an arcane focus is also capable of doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. So an arcane focus can be used in place of mm -hmm. minor 
components. Mm -hmm. Major components are ones that have a cost. Minor mm -hmm. components do not. And so, like, for example, if we decided to go ahead and make a run with this, um, this Tinker Sage, um, we could say something along the lines of, like, oh, well, one of her old professors that was teaching her magics um, gave her this as a gift. Mm -hmm. And, um... Like a wand. A wand, or a, a, a medallion of some kind that she was able to have on her body. Mm -hmm. A magical and, orb. Yeah, a magical orb, or... It really know. just comes down to flavor choice, as right. far as I'm concerned. Um, there's a little, little bit of, like, semantic difference between the two, but I think it comes down to your choice of flavor. Mm -hmm. Which I think a tinker would probably use a component pack. I think so, too. I think you're right. Um, and then we've got a Scholars and Explorers pack. Um... So far, what it sounds like is we're not actually a scholar. It sounds yeah. like sounds like she's got a a working job mm -hmm. and might be more of an explorer type. I think so. She might be the kind of um, and this will actually kind of feed into her um, like her hook into the like into her campaign and stuff like that, where it's maybe like um, kind of like how our um, our dwarf wanted to go out and find the best types of. Um, blacksmithing that he would be able to do. I feel like our, our Nomi would probably want to, uh, you know, be able to go out and find the best materials for different well, tinkering we jobs. We say that we did give her the background of sage. Oh, so that's right. So she might actually be a scholar. She might actually be a scholar. The, the, the tinkering comes from being a gnome, but she chose the path of, of a, scholar. a scholar. Yeah, I think you're so right. We, you so know what? I changed my might, mind. I think yeah. she might be a scholar. You're yeah. right. And then all good wizards got a spell book. Got a spell book. That is important for your spell casting. Um, and I'll go over that in a little bit when we decide to pick spells out. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So, so we're going to go yeah. ahead and put it all together. And what are we going to name her? I think we should name her Naomi. Naomi? Naomi Gnome. <laughs> Naomi Nomi? Naomi Nomi. All right. What do we got? So female gnome names. Uh, gnome names are pretty good. Um, Nyx, Oda, Orla. Bimpnotten? 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 Mm-hmm. Or, uh, my personal favorite, um, Ellie Jobel. Ellie Jobel. Um, that also can be flavored as Ellie Jobel, and um, <laughs> can actually gnomes. be the Southern Gnome. The Rockies Gnomes. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> the Ozark gnomes. Yeah. So a note about gnomish names is that uh, gnomes have a lot of them. So they have a lot of names mm -hmm. for different parts of their life. Mm -hmm. um, so you just kind of pick the name that you go by. Um, but if you ever want to just like put that in your flavor somewhere, somewhere in your book, just write down a whole bunch of gnomey names that mm -hmm. you can just throw out. Um, so they could be kind... Like, you've got a lot of wee leeway with the mm -hmm. female names. Um, it's kind of, they're kind of like poppy names. Like, the names that, they got a little bit of pop, like a little mm -hmm. bounce to them. Yeah. Um, Loriella. Um, that sounds like a flower. Oh, well. About poppy. Poppy works. I like poppy. poppy. And clan names. Uh, um, clan names. So we got rock, rock gnomes, right? So poppy... Um, let's see. Um, and normally in this case, what I would usually do is I would pick a, um, a specific word oh, that might Nigel. define my character, and I would find it in Latin. 
Um, at least that's yeah. what I that's what I do for elves most of the time too. Yeah. Um, but uh. So the names are just kind of like names, like they're just yeah. uh, fantasy sounding names. So. Honestly, the more I look at it, my my eyes keep getting drawn to folklore. Pop- Poppy folklore. Poppy folklore. Um. Uh, if we if we kind of like tweak it a little, like pop Poppy Felmer. Felmer, I like pop- that. Poppy Felmer. Okay, and um, is she is she gonna have a nickname? Um, maybe Pop. 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 Poppy Pop Fillmore. Yep. Yeah. Good one. Um, also for note of, we didn't do it with uh, with our dwarf character, but uh, the age of gnomes they can live uh, three hundred fifty to almost five hundred years old. Mm-hmm. Um. Let's say she's on the younger side, um, but still an adult. Let's say somewhere in like the fifties. Okay. So then, like the fifty range. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So, um, so with that, let's take a look through what what we've got. A and also bit. something we didn't talk about with our um, dwarf because they didn't have an initiative proficiency. We right. actually have an initiative proficiency. Right. So, uh, um. Gnomes have a speed of 25. We're sticking with small characters. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> at level 1, you'll have an AC of 11 because <laughs> uh, wizards don't have armor. Now, wizards have spells to supplement that, and it's definitely something to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, at level 1, proficiency is still 2. Uh, your proficiency increases first at level 5, and then it will increase again, I believe, at level 11? I'm you can also certain. find that in your um, in your player's in handbook. your wizard player's handbook. Right. And that would be that big chart. That's yeah. um, actually at ninth level. You it increases again. Mm-hmm. Um, your hit die is one d six. Your initiative modifier is a one because your initiative is determined by your dexterity. Mm-hmm. So it's as if it's a dexterity skill check um, for the purposes of the game. Mm-hmm. So if you are rolling for initiative, you add your dexterity modifier. Um, and you can't be proficient in initiative, but you can gain certain benefits to it from bard abilities and ranger abilities. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know why that is. That seems almost like a bug. <laughs> That's like <laughs> that doesn't seem right, but it's it does not a work. Bug. It's a feature. Yeah. <laughs> so wizard, rock gnome, sage. Um, so let's kind of go through a little bit of this. So. Wizards aren't proficient in stuff. Mm-mm. They just really aren't. Um, the she has proficiency in tinkerer's tools, which mm-hmm. is good. Um, the only weapons you can use are daggers, darts, slings, quarterstaffs, and light crossbows. Mm-hmm. That's not a lot, and none of those are good. Which I mean, you can <laughs> light kind crossbow of like, maybe. Yeah, light crossbow maybe. But here's the thing: you get Eldritch Blast, don't you? Like, that's no, a you, cantrip you can get. You don't get Eldritch Blast. Only Warlocks get it oh, by okay. default. I'm um, sorry. But Firebolt. Firebolt's good. Firebolt, yeah. Firebolt's good. Which will do the... Shock and Grasp is good. Yeah. Um, you have no armor proficiencies because you can't wear any. Mm-hmm. Um, also, for Sage, we get to learn two extra languages. You got Common and Gnomish. I think a, a good scholarly language is probably, like, Elvish. Elvish, yeah. Um, and then maybe an obscure language. I tend to, I tend to pick... Uh, a well-known language and an obscure language. Yeah, so like maybe. Um... What do you think? What do you think? Their 
their uh, minor was in, in wizard school. Oh, in wizard school. You know, just like whenever you normally think. Uh, I speak Infernal. Took two years of it in college, you know? Yeah. Something like that. <laughs> um, Primordial's a good one for a wizard. Uh, aberrant? Ab- ab- abhorrent? Is that how it's... I don't. I don't remember. Yeah. Let's, no, let's do... I think Elvish and Primordial are a good one. Elvish and Primordial? That works. Elvish and Primordial. Orcish, maybe, if you're really into it. Mm-hmm. You know? I think that's to be something like a goblin would also learn. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, there's that. Um, you also have a... Uh, from the sage background, we got a set of common clothes, a letter, a small knife, a bottle of black ink, a quill, and a belt pouch. And ten gold pieces. Uh... So, yeah. Uh, the sage feature allows you to frequently know where to find information concerning lore. So you're really good at making your way through libraries. Which, uh, if you find a good chance to use it, could be very handy, actually. Very handy, yeah. Um, and it's kind of like one of those situations where you almost forget you have it until it's necessary. Yeah, until it comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, so for wizards have, uh, as any spellcasting class does have a thing called a spell save dc so whenever you're casting a spell and the spell says that your target has to make a saving throw Mm -hmm. they have to roll with their modifiers up to your spell save dc Mm -hmm. now it's gonna it's gonna be kind of low at first level um poppies is a 13 Mm -hmm. so um you find that by uh kind of a weird method it is i believe it is seven plus your intelligence modifier, plus your proficiency. Is it um, seven or is it eight? I believe it is... It is eight. Eight, eight plus your proficiency, plus your intelligence modifier. Mm. So it is eight plus two plus three, and that and, gives us a 13. And if I understand correctly, and if I remember correctly, because of all the clerics that I've played and my warlock that I've played, each one will have a different number that corresponds with no, it. No, it's always going to be eight. It's plus. always going to be eight? Okay, yeah. never mind, just kidding. It's going to be eight plus your proficiency plus your intelligence modifier. So at level one, it's always ten plus your intelligence, mm-hmm. or plus your modifier. And then you also have a spell attack modifier as well. Which is your, ver- which is your version of a weapon attack. Um, and that's just going to be your proficiency bonus plus your intelligence modifier. Which, in this case, ours is plus five. Yeah, so when you roll a d20 to hit, um, you add a five to the roll. Mm-hmm. Um, let's let's give this gnome a little bit of a little bit of background. Mm-hmm. Um, so, let's see, a scholarly wizard that doesn't really that doesn't really give me a leaning of like lawful or chaotic. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's, it's just like studentish. Yeah, it could be either way. So maybe just I don't know. I have a really hard time believing that anything that's like magicish. Um, would really understand the balance of law. You know what I mean? Like, maybe, like, um, paladins and sometimes clerics, but I really feel like, you know, like, warlocks and wizards and sorcerers, they're all kind of on the more chaos side. Yeah. Where, um... Let's see. You know, maybe some rules are kind of meant to be broken. (laughs) Um, I see gnomes tend most often towards good. Those who tend towards law are sages, engineers, researchers, scholars, investigators, or inventors. Um, Those who tend towards chaos are minstrels, tricksters, wanderers, uh, jesters. Gnomes are good-hearted, and even the tricksters are on the more playful than vicious side. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, so they tend towards good. They're a good-hearted people. So 
we had a dwarf from the homeland last time. What if Poppy is actually from a major city? Like, I think so. Like, she goes, like, her school of wizardry mm-hmm. is, like, the Neverwinter school of wizardry. Mm-hmm. Like, she is from an urban area. Yeah, she uh, actually went to NWU. NWU? Never, Neverwinter U? Um, so, I don't know. I'm still not convinced that it needs to be lawful or chaotic either way. Mm-hmm. I think... Well, so... What wizard school are we thinking? Wizards wizards have the most subclasses in the player's handbook, followed mm-hmm. by clerics. Yep. Um, or they're called arcane tradi- traditions. And they are abjuration, conjuration, divination, enchantment, evocation, uh, illusion, necromancy, and transmutation. They are... Um, they go with each of the types of spells. Like, each of the spell types you can cast. Um... And you get them. At, you get to choose yours at level two, mm-hmm. so it's worth considering when you build your character. Mm-hmm. I think, honestly, because we've already kind of decided that she was going to be like the divination teacher from Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. I think we ought to go ahead and uh, kind of lead into that. Divination is yeah. a good choice. Yeah, I think divination is distinctly chaotic. Yeah, I think. I mean, if you're going to play with knowing the future, you know. Yeah, I think. I think. I think that that tells me chaotic good. I agree. If gnomes are good-hearted. And divination's chaotic. I think, I think that gives us our our alignment. Yeah. Um, as little as that means to a wizard necessarily. Um. So what? What does someone who sees flashes of the future act like? What does? Mm, That's got to be tricky. (laughs) Yeah. Like, how do you play that? Like, are you? Are you always looking for it, or do you? accidentally get flashes of the future. I think everything I think everything's an omen. Everything is an omen? Everything is an omen. You know how like... Yeah, um, uh, I actually talked about that quirk with a with a friend for, yeah, for um, an, someone a, playing a druid who <laughs> everything she sees is a is an omen or a prophecy. Yeah. That's kind of how she got onto this adventure. I think, I think that's a fun quirk. I think so too. Because that allows you to play into like some really ridiculous things. Like you're on the road and there's a mag like there's three magpies and they're jumping around a turtle. What does that mean to you? What does that mean to you? What does Probably that mean? nothing. But, Probably nothing. But to you it means something. Yeah. Um I think that's a good quirk. I think considering a character quirk, that's a mm-hmm. good one. Mm-hmm. Um now, uh last time we used the background uh we went through like the the background of the character to see, to decide some player traits. I want to take a look at what Sage has, but I think we might ignore him. Yeah, ignore him and give him, give it a little bit more oomph, you know? Yeah. So, um, specialty, uh, the Sage specialty, what if, uh, astrology is oh. of her interest, and that's where her divination comes from. Oh, we have some astrology that's really in there. Good. Um, so let's see here. Um, I use polysyllabic words to convey the impression of great erudition. <laughs> of that, I've read books in the world's greatest libraries and like to boast that I have. Um, I it's nothing I love more than a good list mystery. I speak slowly when talking to. Idiots, <laughs> <laughs> which is almost everyone. Oh my god! See, this character just suddenly became Patricia Tannis from Borderlands. <laughs> it's just 
What if? What if? Okay, I. You know, I like I like the omens thing. Mm-hmm. I like the seeing omens and everything. Okay. But I have a I have a different cork suggestion. Okay, hit me with it. What do we got? She makes notes to herself and speaks out loud as she does. Oh no! She's got she's she, got a chapter. She she's has, got a blank chapter in the back of her spell book. Where that is she, just notes, to, things to remember. And it's just random narrations. Yeah, it's just like you see something happen, and you're just like, the, barbar- the barbarian has proved himself a buffoon today. Hypothesis proved. <laughs> no further research required. No further research required. <laughs> and just like keeping, keeping these notes to yourself as you go. <laughs> I think that's a fun quirk for, a, for an academic... Yeah. Um, especially someone who goes to, like, a prestigious school oh, yeah. in a major city. Yeah. Um, now, how does that... It keeps our characters being cocky, but I think that's okay. I think yeah. we'll, get, we'll that... get into clerics and bards, which have a very different direction. Yeah. So, how does that exactly uh, tie into, like, being able to, like, see into the future? Does that, like... Um, so, I think, I think that's where we get into things like, like astrology and her methods of divining the future Um, because divination like divination is is not like an accident like there's there's spells that do that right like there's um so like when you so at second level when you choose this school you get glimpses into the future to press in on your awareness when you finish a long rest roll 2d20s and record the numbers filled you can replace any attack roll, saving throw, or ability check mm-hmm. with that roll. Which is kind of great. Which is really good if you make two good rolls. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like if you roll a d20 for one of those two rolls, you can just plug in a d20. You can just plug in a nat 20 wherever you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it is interesting. It is... Um, I think in a way, it creates this idea of a character that sort of ready for like seems like she's ready for anything but it's only some things that she's explicitly prepared for Mm -hmm. so like she looks like she has it all together but she's really just biding her time all day until the certain thing she foresaw occurs Mm -hmm. and that's when that use of the divination occurs um now if you if you choose to make a character like this and you choose to go down the school of divination the most important thing i can tell you is use the portents it gets real easy to be like is this an important enough time to use it sure it is it always is just don't like don't worry about it there's there's certain multi-use things that you get at long race rest Mm -hmm. that it's real easy to just save Mm -hmm. until you never use them yeah so just um, use them just throw them out there that was one of the hardest things that i had to deal with with like um with soot's stuff like, I had all of these character abilities that I never used because I didn't think they were, like, I didn't want to waste them. Yeah. I didn't want to waste it. And I feel so bad about it. <laughs> it's like, when should I have used my tracking ability? Probably when you're tracking that guy. Yeah, but what if something else came up? I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just one of those, like, when you have resources like that, use them. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing I can say is at low levels, spell slots are sparing. Um, it's hard to use them, uh, so especially for a wizard, just find a good time to use that that burning hand. So you can hit as many as you can, mm-hmm. um, or just find the right time 
as a bard to use that dissonant whispers on the strongest enemy you see. Mm-hmm. That can sometimes be a good one mm-hmm. to just have that one safety net spell slot you haven't spent. Mm-hmm. Um, which I mean seems like a good place to transition to spells, mm-hmm. spells and spells. So uh, this is where spell spellcasters take a little more homework than martial classes. Uh, so. And I talk, I kind of graced on this last time, um, but you apps, can apps, apps man, friend. apps are your best friend because you can just make new spell books when necessary. Right. So, um, I'm just gonna read a bit of the spell section, the spellcasting section from the player's handbook to help you guys hear it and sort of explain it. At first level, you have a spell book t- containing six first level wizard spells of your choice. Your spellbook is the repository of your, your wizard spells, except your cantrips, which is fixed in your mind. So, when you look at the wizard table, you have a list of cantrips known. Now, those cantrips are unchangeable. When you choose your cantrips, you always have those cantrips prepared. This is different from other prepared spellcasters, but that's something a little bit more in-depth. Um, the wizard's table shows how many spell slots you have to cast at first level and higher. To cast one of those spells, you must expend a spell slot, blah, 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 blah. So that's the mechanics of casting a spell, is you have a set number of spell slots, and using that level of spell uses that slot until you have a long rest. Or in the case of a wizard, you get half your spell slots back on a short rest. So... When you are preparing your spells for the day, you can prepare a list of wizard spells that are available for you to cast. To do so, choose a number of wizard spells from your spell book equal to your intelligence modifier plus your wizard level. So, I know I said earlier, um, you can get six wizard spells in your spell book. Of those six, you can only have four prepared at a time, but after any long rest, you can switch those spells around. Um, this is how it works for clerics, druids, and wizards. Um, as well as, I believe, rangers. I might be mistaken. Um, so, let's talk about what kind of spells your character would have. So, at first level, wizards have three cantrips. Mm-hmm. Um, of the wizard spell list, wizards have the largest spell list. That's why it has to be broken up by spell books. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I think, personally, having either Minor Illusion or Mage Hand or Prestidigitation are a must. Mm -hmm. If you want two of those, more power to you. But these are useful in cases you don't realize until you have them. Um, And they are very powerful, creative spells. Mm -hmm. They're more useful the more creative you are with them. So, Mage Hand can solve a lot of problems your DM didn't consider um, simply by, din- by vent of having it. Like, mm-hmm. Because uh, at one point or another, whenever you have Mage Hand, um, every problem can be fixed with Mage Hand. Yeah, it's sort of like, when you have Mage Hand, you see Mage Hand as the solution to things. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Minor Illusion. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to put an image of something is very indispensable. Mm-hmm. And prestidigitation is just fun. Yeah. It just has fun things. You need to just throw around ridiculous things. But, um, for example, like, um, 
if you know you've got people that um like that you're following or something like that and you don't want to fight them because they look like they're you know they're gonna be hard hitters or something like that and you have um was it conjure illusion yeah minor illusion minor illusion they got five foot illusion a five foot square illusion then you can suddenly just conjure a bear it's not like a real bear but it looks like a real bear yeah and they'll think it's a real bear right and then it's gone and th- well, I mean, like they're gone because they don't distract, want to fight a bear. Yeah, you can distract them. You can. It's, yeah. It's useful. So wh- I would definitely recommend having one of those. Mm-hmm. Um. And then you definitely need your your like, your wizard spell. So, um. Usually it's firebolt. Like I'm gonna be honest with you, firebolt's usually your wizard spell because it's decently strong. It has really good range. Mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Um, other good options are Chill Touch and Ray of Frost. Mm-hmm. Um, Ray of Frost is good because uh, it slows your targets and it makes it helps your speedier melee allies mm-hmm. to attack them. Now, remind me, I think you might have already said this, but with like clerics, um, you can't choose a spell that's not specifically in your lane. Does that make sense? And so like if like if you're a life cleric you can't get necromancy spells uh you can to an extent like you can like if you're a life cleric you can still take toll to dead which is which does necrotic damage and is considered a necromancy spell Mm -hmm. but you can still take it so like yeah a wizard can learn spells of any school they can learn spells of any school but you can learn spells of your school faster and for less expense okay because wizards take money to learn spells okay um because you have to add them to your spell book it's a little bit confusing and will like i said take some homework on your part Mm -hmm. to understand but it is all there like all that information is there in the player's handbook so for our character for example since we've got the the divination school it would make sense for us to be able to have true strike a divination cantrip that allows you to um, take an action to uh, get a brief insight into your target's defenses, and then on your next turn, you gain advantage on your first attack roll against the target, uh, provided that the spell hasn't ended. Yes. That is an option. That is of the correct school. It is a bad spell. It is a bad spell. Yeah. (laughs) That doesn't Um, sound very good. (laughs) Taking a turn to give you a better chance on your next turn is not very good. Um, so for your third slot, you've, if you've chosen a good distraction spell and a good damage spell, mm-hmm. um, like I said, uh, chill touch, fireball, or, uh, what's it called? Uh, Ray of Frost. Oh, I didn't mention chill touch, um, is necrotic damage, which is resisted by like most zombies and things, but when it becomes useful you'll be glad you had it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Chill Touch prevents enemies from healing after they've been hit with it, mm-hmm. which doesn't always come up, but when you can grab a new cantrip, it might be one worth considering. I may not take it at level one. I'd probably take Ray of Frost or Firebolt, but at a slightly at a higher level, maybe look into getting Chill Touch because mm-hmm. you might run into a troll or you might run into some priest that you need to be able to prevent their healing. 
and so that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have you have pulled up friends. Um, now, this one I think would be extremely helpful because we are the face character of our group. Yes, to an extent. The problem is, it's a it's a bit of a double edged sword. Okay. Because when you cast it, once it wears off, they know you cast it. Oh yeah. They're aware that you did it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also. Enchantment is a bit of a weird school of magic. Because mm-hmm. necromancy is considered evil almost always. Mm-hmm. Enchantment requires messing with people's minds magically. Mm-hmm. And some good characters may take issue with that. Yeah. Um, but I think something else worth considering is maybe for flavor, something like shape water or mending. Um, those can be fun flavor if oh, you're like a. We might have really good mending. Yeah, because we're, we're a tinkerer. That might be a last good one. Mm-hmm. Message is useful and uh, fun for roleplay stuff. Um, dancing lights and light. If you have uh, not dark seeing friends, um, because someone just had to play a human, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, or shocking grasp if someone gets a little too close. And then your hand becomes a taser. Right. <laughs> Um, have fun. Have fun. But yeah, those are those are some those are some good options, some things to consider just for first level. As you get more cantrips, just consider more stuff. Um, so now we get to pick six first level spells. I'm not gonna go over like Every what spells you should spells. what spells you should pick. Um, but let's talk about like some good noteworthy ones for for first level. Mm. So, um, burning hands is a real good damage spell at first mm. level. Um, and it can get stronger with more uh, points put into it. Uh, but as you get to a higher level, you may want to lose it for something else because it's a very small spell. Mm-hmm. But at first level, very good. Um, color spray is a pretty decent spell because it uh, it's sort of a method of control. Like everything in a sphere has has a chance to just like... Or everything in a cone has a chance to just be like stunned. Um, another option for color spray instead is sleep which is really good at low levels um but becomes useless as you get slightly higher level Mm -hmm. um but like i said at low levels it can just end some encounters um another option for burning hands is thunder wave Mm -hmm. um it's sort of a hey back up off me kind of spell it's a little smaller than burning hands but it's the same idea as you sort of just point in a direction and it does a wave of damage Mm -hmm. um Tasha's hideous laughter, which is my favorite spell, is kind of is kind of a fun spell for uh, helping like a melee ally take down a uh, like a tar- like a stronger target because mm. it knocks them prone, and when prone, melee allies have advantage. Mm-hmm. So that's good for your rogues and your fighters. Mm-hmm. Um, magic missile, always uh, a good one. You may have heard of it. It's um, it never misses. Mm-hmm. It's weak, but it never misses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes that is so worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, it also has decent, like, free damage if, like, every dart will always do one damage. Um, so you can always kind of do it for sure six damage mm-hmm. when you've cast out three darts. So that's kind of nice. Um, especially at low levels. Mm-hmm. Um, shield is a decent spell because you have no AC. Mm-hmm. Shield is a panic button that gives you plus five ac mm-hmm. um and i'll take a moment to talk about ritual spells um ritual spells are spells that you can take 10 minutes to cast 
and they don't cost a spell slot if mm -hmm. you cast them that way. Mm -hmm. You can spend a spell slot, but if you take 10 minutes, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the ones that I think is extremely uh, exciting with that would either be Find Familiar, because you can do some really fun role-playing stuff whenever you have a familiar. Yes. Um, for example, um, in one of our other campaigns, I have a familiar that's an octopus. Yeah. Why? Because. Reasons. And um, that's really fun to play with. Um, or um, Identify is also extremely good, especially whenever you've got a whole bunch of different mm -hmm. artifacts and yeah. specifically magical ones. Because sometimes you really shouldn't touch things. Yeah. And that might be good to know. Yeah. Um, same with detect magic. Mm -hmm. um, it's one of those, someone in the party should have it. Mm -hmm. um, it's good. Uh, and another thing with find, familiar, and identify is you don't have to always have them prepared. Right. If you cast them as a ritual, you don't have to have them prepared. Mm -hmm. um, uh, if you do have them prepared, you can cast them with a spell slot. Mm -hmm. um, you also have good communication things like... Uh, Let's see, Illusor illusory script mm -hmm. and things like that. Uh, Featherfall is kind of something to consider if you think it will come up. It might be something worth grabbing later or if you can buy it mm -hmm. from somewhere. Since you learn spells through that method, mm -hmm. it's easy to find. Or comprehend languages. I can't tell you how important that one is to just have handy. Right. Um, just because, you know, sometimes you find a book that no one can speak right. or read. Yeah. Uh, charm person, if you don't think mind control is evil. Mm -hmm. um, or if you're not exactly a, a, good, a good character. Person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't think wizards get suggestions. That's another version yeah. of that. Um, good things to consider. Ice knife. Um, if you ever want to annoy your DM, fog cloud has bad rules. Take it. Uh, it's a weird spell. It has bad rules. Um, if you ever get a sense that if you want to play a character that's like kind of like, um, well, I guess uh, if you wanted to be like a goblin or um, a kobold or something like that, then disguise self is always really good too. Yeah. Um, or if you've got some weird, fun flavor background where you're a criminal or a charlatan or something you like change that, your face. and you need to change your face. Yeah. Um, Catapult is kind of goofy, but it's not really great. Um, chromatic Orb is pretty good uh, in that it's like it's a single target attack that's pretty strong. I think it's worth considering as one of your spells, um, but it's definitely not required, especially if you're it. I don't know. It's it's in a weird spot. Um, False Life is something to consider. But it's probably better left to your cleric. Mm -hmm. Things like that. Um, well, I don't know. We only have, like, 9 HP. And False Life um, gives you some hit point, Like, some... Yeah, temporary uh, Temporary, or, yeah, hit points that you can use um, um, when alternatively, Yeah, alternatively from False Life is instead of increasing your HP, increase your armor with Mage Armor. And that gives yeah. you a 13 plus Dexterity modifier. It's still not as high as a fighter, but it's better. <laughs> it's, it's better, better than, than 11. <laughs> it's better than 11. Yep. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of some, some highlights of first-level spells. Uh, Witch Bolt's not super great. Um, Unseen Servant's silent, kind of weird. Silent Image is okay. 
if you're an illusion wizard, it becomes really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but by itself, it's just kind of okay. Um, Ray of Sickness, not super great. Protection yeah. from good and evil. There's better characters for that. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just some stuff to look at. Same with Jump and Longstrider. They're okay, but it's better if, like, your ranger has it. Yeah. Something like that. Um, or you're a cat. Yeah, so you get to pick those out. But another thing to note is when you're picking your six spells, you'll get to find more. Yeah. Because if you find spell scrolls, if you find spell books, you can just copy those spells into your book and you learn them yourself. Exactly. So your spell book is growing, is ever growing, and you're ever learning as long as you've got the money for it. Yep. Which, um, hopefully you are, because that's why you're adventuring in the first place. Right. Um, so, I think I think we've got a, a good a good idea, a good basis for this mm-hmm. gnome character. Um, we didn't get as deep into, like, the, the background of this character, mm-hmm. but and wizards s- kind of have some baked-in information. Yeah, and sometimes having the smallest amount of information allows your character to grow more than you anticipated. Right. You sort of let yourself build the character as they go. You mm-hmm. add personality traits as you go. Mm-hmm. Um, an interesting thing that happens in another tabletop game, or in Apocalypse World games, mm-hmm. um, such as Dungeon World, uh, Monster of the Week, the Adventure Zone plays, things like that, mm-hmm. uh, is they encourage you to write down bonds with other players. Mm-hmm. Like, what your character feels about the other characters. Mm-hmm. And that's something I would definitely encourage. Mm-hmm. Um, Write down what your character feels about the other characters in the party. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as that changes, mm-hmm. make note. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, too. Because they become your adventuring family at one point or another. And just like your regular family, sometimes you want to punch them in the face or something. Right. And sometimes you don't. And that's okay, too. Yeah. And uh, allow that to allow your, allow your characters to expand. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's got to be a, a one-trick pony. And yeah. uh, like yeah. po- like we talked about Poppy's character being like high and above it all, but it may take adventuring with a party for that to change. Mm-hmm. So like, she may swiftly realize, oh, the barbarian's an idiot, but I'm really glad they're there because mm-hmm. they're between me and a sword, and they don't mind. They don't care that I'm too weak to stand in a sword fight because they're there for me, and they're like, that is neat requires further consideration like you know like that's kind of a sweet and beautiful thing growth growth (laughs) i think that's a good place to leave this character uh thanks for listening guys and we'll see you next time Bye. bye